Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text today will be taken from the reading in the Gospel of John. Let us pray. Merciful Father, we come before you this morning in awe of the cross of your Son, Jesus. For there he has died for our sins. We pray, O Lord, that you would grant us your Holy Spirit so we would focus on your cross rightly. Let, Lord, the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Yesterday in the Maundy Thursday service, we discussed the expectations versus the experiences that come in the lives of the apostles and come in the lives, really, of all the disciples. We saw disciples coming with Jesus uh, on Sunday into Holy Week, and there they were prepared. They were expecting something wonderful. They were expecting uh, an overthrow of the government, a a military coup, a coronation, a revolution that would change the world. But as we saw, what they expected did not match their experiences. For instead of the worldly glory that they expected, they experienced the crucifixion of their would-be hero. So tonight, this morning, is where we find ourselves fixing our gaze on the crucified. We behold the God we worship in flesh and dying. And as Christ hangs there on the cross, we are forced to ask ourselves, what is Jesus doing? Why is he there? Now, if last night we focused on the experiences of the apostles, if we uh, focused on our experience as disciples, Tonight, perhaps, we can get to the answers of these questions. What is Jesus doing there by focusing on the experience of Jesus? So we ask, what does Jesus experience on the cross? What is Jesus doing there? What does Jesus see? Well, as he looks around, Jesus sees his enemies. He sees soldiers gambling for his clothes. He sees those he has made leaders of his people smugly satisfied in their victory over the one who so threatened them. He looks and sees his mother weeping. He sees the fear and confusion on the face of his beloved disciple, not understanding what's going on, despite the promises that Jesus has made, despite the fact that he told them, All of this was going to happen. They do not understand, and they certainly do not believe. As Jesus looks down from that cross, one thing we most certainly know he does not see in this moment is Jesus does not see faith. Which makes one wonder. Would the Lord see us? And if so, what does he see when he looks upon you? the Lord Jesus looks upon you he sees you in your sin from that cross he sees your heart so full of pride and deceit wanting to hide your secret sins so that he might not see them and yet you cannot hide them from his gaze he sees you this morning comfortable in your seat checking your watch planning your Saturday and giving so much more attention and importance to things of this life that are not God yet Jesus sees you in your sin. What does Jesus experience from the cross? What is he doing there? What does Jesus hear? 
Well, he hears the religious leaders mumble proudly among themselves. He hears them mock him in derision. He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the son of God. He hears his mother weeping as the proverbial sword pierces her own soul. He hears the criminal on his left make demands and mock from a place of hopeless guilt. He hears the criminal on his right equally deserving of death, crying for a place of mercy beyond the cross. He hears it all. He hears you. He hears every loose and blasphemous word that comes from your unclean lips. He hears your cursing, your swearing, your lying, and your deceit. He hears your gossip against others, and he hears your fearful silence when given the opportunity to confess his name before the world. You said nothing. He hears all of it. And what he does not hear that night is the father. He cries, but gets no response from the darkening sky. Perhaps there is nothing more painful and maybe even deafening in the ears of Christ than the silence of God. What does Jesus experience on the cross? What is Jesus doing there? What does he taste? Well, as he dies, he tastes the cup of God's wrath. He does not and he will not taste the fruit that has been offered to him by Satan. He will not follow Adam and Eve into taking a bite of sin. He will not turn stones into bread. He who fed thousands with very little amount of bread and fish, he who gives his body in blood and bread and wine will not taste anything that would remove him from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Even if the word that proceeds from the mouth of God tells us it is the will of the Lord to crush him, then he die, tasting only vinegar and sour wine. The, cr- the cup of wrath will not be taken from him, and he will not turn it down. No, he will drink every last drop of that cup which is poured out for sinners. It's the cup you deserve, and it was the will of the Lord poured on Jesus. What does Jesus experience on the cross? What is Jesus doing there? What does he feel? He feels the cold nails pierced through his incarnate arms. He feels that sacred blood drip down his face as the king's crown of thorns pierces his royal brow. He feels the loneliness of the cross. For he alone bears the sins of the world. And he feels your abandonment. He feels your scorn. He feels your shallow confessions and empty prayers. He feels all the sin of the world, all the suffering imposed upon every victim, every slap of abuse, every murder of an unborn child, every cruel joke, every convenient and lazy act of injustice, all of it. He endures and feels all of it. He feels and endures the wrathful punishment of God for all of it. Perhaps that is what Christ feels the most on that cross. Not so much the nails, but the crushing hand of God's wrath weighing down on his mangled and crucified flesh. But now what does Jesus experience on the cross? What is Jesus doing there? What does he say? Seven words. 
seven words of prayer, lament, cry, and promise. Seven words. And not one of them with an ounce of wrath or bitterness. For all divine wrath in that moment has been absorbed by the sacrifice God so that he now may speak to you nothing but words of mercy. Mercy for sinners. He prays to his God. He cries out to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me in the terrifying lament of the Psalms? But even in the midst of that forsaking, he still preaches words of mercy. He speaks to that dying thief on the cross, even today you will be with me in paradise. He speaks to his horrified mother and his faithless disciple, behold your son, behold your mother. And in so doing, from that cross, creates the church. He speaks to God for them, for all of the enemies who surround him, for all those whose sins have put him on that cross. He speaks to God even for you when he cries, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Even in his suffering, he pleads as your high priest for your forgiveness. And there the prayers and the sacrifices are, sacrifices are made by Christ. And he's done everything that is necessary to save you. And so he offers up his life for you as a sacrifice to God when he says, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And then the full weight of his humanity hits him. And he cries out for the last drop of this wrath and saying, I thirst. And then to your sin to your death, to your rebellion, to the tyranny of Satan and to the wrath of God and to all that he saw and tasted and heard and suffered, to all of it, he cried out in victorious agony, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up. He died. That's what he's doing there. He's dying. He's experiencing death for you. And he's putting an end to sin and to death and to the wrath of God. That's why he's dying there for you. That is why with his last breath he says, it is finished. It is finished. But now just wait for Sunday. Because there's so much more to be said. Amen. We pray. Father, have mercy on us for the sake of Jesus Christ. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would teach us to repent, teach us to trust. We give you thanks for the sacrifice of your Son, and in his death give us hope. Amen.